and we are live very nice hello mr alan cho hello it's great hearing you again uh hope it's been an okay week for you relatively speaking yeah uh it's amazing how busy you can still be when you're <laughs> right <drafted. laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why i don't get why people are saying oh i'm so bored i don't know what to do. dude you can do a lot of shit you so, can yeah you and, can you just gotta make a effort to kind of yes you know get out there virtually virtually yeah well i guess people aren't really used to it yet right it, which yeah. is funny because we are connected 24 7 but people still get these questions like oh my god what do i do with all this stuff like you're already doing it your whole life <laughs> that's yeah. right you're just doing it in a different place yeah, instead that's of right. office you're doing it at home <laughs> yes exactly you're still, you're still doing it yep well, we are back in the How Do You Spell Esports podcast with me, Andy, and of course, Alan here. Uh, it's been fun few weeks, and this is going to be our fourth episode, I believe. I can't believe I, I so. already lost count. <laughs> well, yeah. no, this is fourth. I I choose to believe it. And mm-hmm. yeah, and of course, last week, we ended with a note where Alan was blaming me for not remembering what I was supposed to talk about. <laughs> And so we and are gonna talk. Well, I forgot too. Like, yeah, well, no, I remember. but you, you got a point. I was the one who was supposed to remember. So, I will make amends. I will deliver that promise today by bringing up the topic of mm. sources of revenue in esports. I yes. am excited because this, I believe, is the one thing that everybody was trying to get into esports or who are in esports love to talk about well love slash hate i guess mm. yeah. Uh, yeah and we should explore what that means all right yes we should now let me open up by uh giving you something alan so i tried googling you know the exact phrase of sources of revenue esports mm. and the yeah. first thing that came up uh, I'm yeah. going to list it off and we can talk about it one by one or however we want to do it. Oh, cool. yeah. So here's what it reads. Major revenue streams for esports include media rights, tickets mm-hmm. and merchandise, sponsorships, mm-hmm. direct advertisements, and publisher fees. Mm. And there are also revenue generating streams of which mm-hmm. sponsorships and advertisements are the major sources of revenue. Mm-hmm. Now, there you go. There you go. What I get from this is there is one very core uh, element to all this, which is eyeballs. Would you say you agree to that? I would agree. I would also... Um, so, Google is a search engine. Yeah. So, not to be too much of a nitpicker. Sure. But... That's not a source. What was the actual source of that information? Oh. So Google served up something, but where was that from? Mm, uh, well, there's something uh, called markets and markets.com. Okay. So um, I'm going to guess, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and even if it's not a guess, it's, there, it's likely that they got it from uh, one of their research companies, like Newzoo. Newzoo, I don't know if yeah. You've ever, 
Have you heard of Newzoo? Of course, I deal with it a lot. <laughs> yeah. So Newzoo um, is is a, um, a research company. Yes. And they do market research. And there are a lot of these type of companies in the world. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that Newzoo has become the de facto standard yes. for for gaming, for esports in particular. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what they're known for. Um, the report sell for like ten, fifteen thousand dollars. It's um, pretty interesting business by it itself mm -hmm. but um i'm familiar with it because you know we used to when i was a blizzard we used to get new zoo as well okay and look at it so if you actually um get your hands on the new zoo report and you read it and you read like the fine print their reports their statistics they specifically say are for professional esports okay um and so if those stats that you were you googled and happen to pop up most likely are from a source like Newzoo. You need to kind of understand what market, when they talk about the market, what market they're talking about. They're mm. talking about professional esports. Okay. Which, if you, if uh, you're taking in that context, then your statement is spot on and it becomes very clear why it seems all these revenues are tied to eyeballs because mm. um, professional esports is very much about aggregating eyeballs and they're, and, and they're the best at it. Right, because these are the biggest events. Yep. So, um, so yeah, I, I think if uh, with that in mind, what you listed are it's pretty much spot on. Okay. I, yeah. Pretty so much spot on. that's very interesting. So you right at the gate, you drew a line between professional esports and everything else. Mm -hmm. So I guess we can talk about it in that. Uh, and that mindset, I guess, this 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 split between professional esports and everything else. Um, how about we talk about the professional esports first, because it is the most visible, and I think it is the thing that everybody's familiar with, because you know it's it's the most talked about out there. So absolutely, if we absolutely. talk about it, you know, people are gonna tune in right away. And then let's transition into talking about whatever is outside of the professional esports sphere. How about that? Sounds good. All right. Start at the top and work our way down. Yes, exactly. So, hmm, let me let me think a little bit. Professional esports itself, what would you define it as from the perspective of generating revenue? Okay, from generating revenue. Mm -hmm. Um I think there's a there's a expectation around when you say pro, there's definitely an expectation around quality. Yeah, and reach. Okay. Like if I say pro football or I say pro boxing, you immediately something jumps in your brain. And it's probably like you know, big venue, mm. uh, lots of lights, big crowd, right? Right. I mean, that's the connotation you have with pro. I think don't think it's any different than esports. When we talk about pro esports, we're thinking about worlds. We're thinking about TI. You know, we're thinking about um, what Epic did with. Um, Fortnite out in New York. I mean, just these big yeah. events, stadiums full of crazy people going nuts. <laughs> um, that's kind of pro. I mean, that's that's the stereotypical, but it, it's a good place to start. Okay, let's start there. So it, it seems like, you know, the, the way you define it, what pro means and what pro implies, it's got a lot to do with production. Mm -hmm. Is that really the core? of professional esports i mean so 
professional pro- professional production sounds like a cost thing, not a revenue mm-hmm. thing. Well, I I think you know the key point that the distinction that you made mm-hmm. was what is considered pro esports from a revenue perspective. Yeah, and um, we could a whole other topic is what really is pro esports in general and how right. do you define it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think the focus on revenue. Um, you think uh, I, I use those uh, examples of stadiums and big events because um, in the end, from revenue standpoint, it is. You are absolutely right. It's about eyeball. Mm. And so, generally speaking, um, you need high quality production. Right. Uh, you need a generally speaking a physical event to generate the uh, hype and interest to, mm-hmm. to create. Um, You know the not only the audience physically but also the audience online. So there's like yeah a minimum bar for all of these things production on uh, online and uh, in order to really capture those eyeballs mm. and from those eyeballs generate revenue. Okay, so I I guess we're kind of diverting here. I think we should really keep the cost thing for another time because it is very interesting. Uh, But I'm not sure we have enough time to cover cost and revenue. So, talking about revenue itself within professional esports, do you think that there's enough? Um, I think maybe the the interesting question is um, if once what from each one of those sources, right? Sorry, you, you know cut off a little bit. Sorry, I think I think the interesting question would be, you know, how much is coming from each one of yes, these exactly. sources? All right. So, you know, if you kind of, I don't remember the exact list that you mentioned, but uh, meteorites. Okay. Okay. So meteorites is um, selling the the viewing rights to to esports, right? Whether that be to traditional Uh, broadcasters, you know, like ESPN, or um, newer platforms like Twitch mm-hmm. or Facebook, or even more um, interesting models like OTT, which is you know things like um, on demand, like Netflix yeah. or uh, platforms like Netflix and whatever. So there are a bazillion. I I think you know one of the things that I've learned over the past couple of years that's fascinating. I knew nothing about is Is the way that the media companies work and the media landscape. Mm. Um, it's something that I think esports is very. It's foreign, very foreign to esports. It's certainly foreign to me from the game uh, developer world. Um, but these guys take can take you know they take content and they essentially cut it up into millions of pieces and sell it the same content multiple ways to multiple different right. people. Live broadcast rights. Um, they call that first window, I think, and then second window, third window, fourth window. Like they just, whether it's you know, okay, so I I have I sell the live broadcast rights to one guy, and then the video on demand rights to another dude, and then the rerun rights to a third guy. Mm. Um, and so yeah, um, that's typically what media rights are. And I think um, what you're seeing is that that's still a fairly small percentage of esports revenue. Mm-hmm. Again, if you, if you happen to get your hands on a news report, you'll see twenty three percent. Oh, hey, there you go. Mm-hmm. So it's still relatively small percentage. Um, 
because uh, up until recently, you know, major broadcast channels just, you know, that's not what they, they purchased. Yep. Uh, what's interesting, though, is now you'll see because traditional sports have basically gone mm. away because of this um, pandemic situation, you're seeing um, people like ESPN actually buying rights yep. to um, esports, in particular racing. Um, and I think yeah. it's it's very natural. Like ESPN, just uh, I think is going to televise a Torque series, which is a racing series, right? Um, because it's it's easy for them to get their brain around. And no offense to any racing fans out there, but watching virtual racing and watching real racing, I mean, their cars kind of going around track. It there kind of isn't any, you know, the yeah. difference visually is um, not so stark. Minimal. Is, is fairly minimal, right? Like a virtual car going around a track and a real car going around a track, still cars going around a track. Yeah. Um, so uh, that being said, it's still, it's still relatively small. Compared to, say, like in traditional sports, media rights are everything. Oh, yeah. That's crazy how different it is. I, I, yeah. I think media rights, I, 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 probably at least 50% or, or more of all revenue for other sports come from media rights, right? You hear mm -hmm. about you know, EPL selling the media rights for, for their, for their leagues, just for billions of dollars. Just for Damn. Okay. So esports does get media rights, um, revenue, at least at the pro level, it's much smaller than, in, than, um, established sports. What you'll, I think if then the biggest part, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you see the numbers, it's sponsorship. That is pretty much the major source of revenue. Is it not? Exactly. It's 42% yeah. out of all revenue streams in esports. Yep. This is 2019 report, by the way, courtesy of Newsy, of course. Okay. That's uh, the free report. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you got, there's a free version. That's good. Yeah. Um, so sponsorship, which is brands endemic and non-endemic mm. uh, coming in and, you know, paying money to have their brand um, somewhere in the, in the, uh, in the professional uh, event, uh, and and that's pretty much where esports has lived for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Sponsorship revenue, um, and then you have kind of the the smaller ones, and it gets smaller pretty quick. Oh, um, yeah. You know, ticket sales, mm -hmm. uh, uh, merchandising; those are all pretty small right now. Yes, um, not, not that they're really really big in in established sports. But I think they're they're much smaller for for esports e simply because, um, you know, it's just not that uh, I, I it's not that developed yet. Mm. Uh, there there aren't that many uh, physical events still, and more importantly, uh, the teams themselves uh, probably aren't as established. Mm -hmm. Big teams aren't established in terms of their own branding, where people are going to want a jersey. Yeah. Or want to pay for things uh, from that particular team. Exactly. There's very few brands that you can list top of mind when you think about branding and merchandise, right? I have a few, like 100 Thieves. I think they've done mm -hmm. a phenomenal job in upping the merchandising game. Uh, there's also FaZe Clan. Yeah. Uh, they just unveiled, I think, a $50 million facility. Mm -hmm. With, of course, mm -hmm. exclusive sections for merchandise because that is one of their biggest games. But yeah, the point yeah. is, 
merchandising really relies on this individual teams uh, to work on their branding and to work on their you know merchandise game. So yep. Uh, and and the challenge the challenge is um, well I'm sorry I'm jumping ahead so but what were the other categories that they have right so we, yeah so sponsorship is the biggest with forty two percent followed yep. by media rights interestingly yep. although it's small it is the second biggest twenty three percent it's actually followed again by advertising yeah yeah so advertising still ties in very nicely with all the other two. It's the biggest top three really, really all relies on eyeballs. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's the merchandising and tickets, which still kind of relies on eyeballs, you know, but less about the viewership. Uh, and lastly, well, uh, out of the five, the last one is game publisher fees, mm. which is kind of new for it's no, it's a novel thing, right? For, for sports. This doesn't really exist in sports, does it? No, yeah. no, no such thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'll tell you, actually, um, I think there's a lot more that they, I think they undercall the game publisher fee by mm. a lot. Interesting. Um, I, can't, I can't say this objectively, but um, let's just put it into perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the different worlds of, within gaming, right? The vi video game as an industry, you know, we're talking about, you know, all the development and sale of the games, and all of that stuff. That's a, about $120, $130 billion industry. Wow. I mean, last year. Yeah. It's bigger. Damn. It's big. If you put movies and television and music together, all the revenue together, it'd still be smaller than the video game. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, it. every time I tell people, it just blows their minds. But it's a fact. It's true. Um, and so, it's massive. It is. Uh, there is a ton of, ton of uh, money, uh, product, jobs, you know, all tied into the video game. Um, you know, when, when you talk about you know, Avengers, whichever one you want, the one or two, raking in a billion dollars in a week or something like that, right? <laughs> That's right. And, and people get all, wow, you geez, a billion dollars. Like there are multiple games that have done that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, a, in, in like a span of one or two days. Yes. Okay. So, um, so yeah, it's not, I mean, it's still a billion dollars. is It's an incredible number, but it, it's, it's a threshold that has been reached multiple times by many games. Whereas in movies, even movies have struggled to, to achieve that. Yet, yet movies have, are in the public consciousness a lot more. So yes. people are amazed by the fact that games are able to do that. Um, I say that because then you look at the esports. And if you're looking at a uh, new zoo, I think just last year they were just about predicting esports revenue was crossing a billion dollars. One billion dollars. So that's less than 1% of what video games are making. Mm-hmm. And I and I can tell you that you know not all of the developers have esports titles. Of course, that hundred fifty billion dollars includes everything under the sun, from Candy Crush all the way down to World of Warcraft, right, and right. League of Legends. So not all of these games are esports games. Mm -hmm. um, but I can tell you that those that are esports titles, um, the developers spend quite a bit on. Um, 
on their esports. I mean, again, you look at what Riot or Epic has done with their esports. Like Epic, basically, I think last year, the year before, yeah, here's a hundred million dollars. We're just going to spend it on esports. Right. Right. You remember that? They were just like, yeah, we're going to spend a hundred million dollars on these things. And you can argue whether it's really esports or whether it was just um, streamer and influence right. tournament. Right. Um, we won't go there for right now. But no. the point is that I think it the the percentage that they show there for the publisher feeds is undercalled by a lot. Um, right. I think the developers actually subsidize their esports a lot, mm-hmm. right? Either directly or indirectly. Mm. So I guess it comes down to technicalities. Like, how do you define publisher fees in the esports context? Do you happen to have an idea, Alan? What publisher fees are? Yeah, um, in terms of the esports context, because when we talked about what we did just a few minutes ago uh, about esports representing only one percent of the whole video games industry, mm-hmm. it is because we do distinguish the two, right? Esports is within video games, but not all video games are esports. Yeah, so, and and so just think of it very simply this way. Um, so. Typically, companies have marketing budgets, like yes. all companies have marketing budgets, mm-hmm. and they will vary between five and twelve percent, depending on the type of company. Okay. Right. Um, so, if you say like video, the video game industry has a marketing budget of five to ten percent, five to twelve percent of their overall revenue, which is one hundred twenty billion dollars, right? Let's just say five percent, just for, or ten percent for ease of calculation. You're talking about wow. Wow. $12 billion in marketing budget. Okay. And for the most part, most, um, and and let's say that only one tenth of that are from companies that have esport type video games. So Mm -hmm. let's just say $1.2 billion. Still a lot of money. That's still a lot more. It's still still a lot of money, bro. It is. Um, Now, uh, I can tell you that um, for most development and publishing companies, esport is still. Uh, listed as a marketing expense, mm. right? They do it to market their game, right? Yes. So let's say they even use like 10, uh, let's say 20% of their marketing for esports. So 20% of $1.2 billion is uh, $240 million. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, what do they do with that money? Well, a variety of things. Right. Many times that like Valve is a good example. They basically fund TI. Yes. Right. They pay for TI. Oh, yeah. Um, War, uh, League of uh, uh, Riot pays for war. For worlds. So that's not, that's basically most likely part of their marketing budget. That's mm. part of that $240 million roughly. Um, and again, you know, those of you listening, don't take that as gospel. That was just kind of a back, <laughs> you know, back of the envelope cal- calculation. But yeah. I mean, if you want to know, they're taking part of their market budget, they're taking that hundreds of millions of dollars, and they're spending it on, um, you know, the highest um, penultimate uh, events for their esports, like World, like TI. Um, and that's where they pay for it. And, and that doesn't consume all the money, right? No, um, no. I've heard that TI probably cost maybe five or six million dollars to put on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, there's plenty of other money that they're spending on. So maybe they're subsidizing uh, DPC events, yep, which yep. they do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're subsidizing here or there. So when you talk about publisher fees, that's probably what they're referring to. Right. 
Um, but I think they undercall it because, again, the, the developer is paying for things that you might not see directly. Like if they subsidize a team or they're subsidizing mm. a prize pool mm. or they're paying for travel costs, right? Right. Um, that may not make it officially into the numbers, but that's all being paid for. By them. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is very wide. So I'm afraid we're going to get so lost in this if we keep on this track. So let's jump back into the revenue. I think I want to jump into something that we talked a little bit about last week. Uh, that was the question of who should be paying for esports. Yeah. And this ties and- in nicely to what we're talking about, you know, in terms of revenue streams, because it is uh, basically a question who can I get money from? Well, I, I think, you know, um, there's the uh, who should and who can yeah. and who will. Okay. Right? Like, they're, they're very, di- like, in, in a perfect world, they're the same people. But in reality, <laughs> Okay. So well, obviously, the who should or yes, who can, please. who can and who should, the developers, right? I mean, they just they're sitting on, they make a lot of money from. Yeah. Esports um, helps them in in direct and indirect ways, and so you know, they do to some extent. You know, they have the means to do it if they want to. Mm. Yeah. Epic again and Riot are again are very good examples, and even you know PUBG are very good examples. Of you know, developers just go, yeah, we're going to do this. And we're yeah, big. yeah. They spend a lot of money on it. Um, so I, I think they have a part to play. I think, though, from an industry, esports as a separate industry perspective, we cannot always rely on them to do it because they are, by nature, it's, I think, it, it you know, not to, to, to flip it around, that's really not their business. Yeah, that's right. Right? I, when I worked at Blizzard, you know, we, we supported esports and we spent, you know, a decent amount on esports. But, you know, as a shareholder, that's not really what I, I bought the stock of the company. No. I bought it to make awesome games and to sell awesome games. And fundamentally, I think people need to remember that's what these people, that's what the developers, even yes. they make ridiculous amounts of money and they have money to spend on esports. It's not what their purpose is as a company. So when they do, it's awesome. Um, maybe one year they, they launch a game and they, that's typically when, you know, games will have eSports. It's the year of the launch of the game. Mm. And then after that, it tails off. And, you know, to expect them to kind of spend the same amount every year on the game forever, um, I don't think that's necessarily reasonable or smart mm. as an industry. Okay? So I, I think the other, the other areas of revenue, when you talk about media rights and sponsorship, and ticket sales, um, esports. That's where esports itself, as an industry, needs to develop its own sources of revenue to stay alive. Um, you know, we all have games that we love that are still around and that we still play, but there's no esports scene around it. Yes, because um, it hasn't. It's not, for lack of a better word, it doesn't sustain itself. Mm. Right, the developer has long since stopped, you know, sponsoring events for the game. Um, and there, no one's, there's no one's figure out a way to kind of pick it up so that you can still have these esports around. I mean, that's what esports need to do. Um, and I, I think, you know, so getting back to the who can pay now. Well, sponsors can pay. Mm-hmm. Media companies can pay. Yep. But I think the other thing, and again, 
may be a little controversial, but viewers can pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, players can pay. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of, okay, it's not just um, kind of getting money from outside the esports ecosystem and funding things, but it's also within the, the ecosystem, which is very, very large, right? I mean, depending on the numbers you believe, there are you know, hundreds of, potentially hundreds of millions of people playing or viewing esports. Um, and, you know, they have, so it's not small audience and that audience is not, it, it has, uh, has the ability to pay as well. Mm. Uh, and I think that probably is the most sustainable piece. One of the most sustainable pieces for me is once, um, you know, the people in the, in the ecosystem itself decide to start paying for things, things that have value, um, then it can kind of keep going. Even if there's no developers jumping in, even if there's no sponsors jumping in, like that's, you know, that's all good. Um, but we can, you know, keep ourselves going. Thank you very much. Right. So I think that's, that's the other, um, but you know, uh, that gets back to, will they pay? And, you know, we bemoan this fact in other, other conversations. I think the, the, the other one is, uh, is, uh, interesting is media rights. Mm-hmm. Right. That has a lot of room to grow. Oh yeah. That has Hell a lot yeah. of room to grow. Um, but you know, even there, it comes back to the audience itself, right? It comes back to the ecosystem because the people who are watching, um, you know, these, uh, the media right, media rights are valuable because there are people watching, them. but they're also, they're ultimately valuable is because people watching them are monetizable. In some yes. Way. That's the question. And people okay. have been asking that, right? Especially, well, there's, there's a lot of difference in context for different regions in the world, right? Uh, in terms of, viewers or audiences being monetizable and it is one of the toughest questions to answer here in southeast asia um but before that we we should really ask ourselves who are willing to pay right but i guess we know that people are willing to pay like the viewers players uh and the industry stakeholders they're all willing to pay right alan but I guess the better question is, what are they willing to pay for? And that's that's the big question. That's the, that's the multi-billion dollar question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is the multi-billion dollar question. <laughs> but uh, going back into uh, media rights, what what's your what that what is that thing that you're excited about when you say there's a lot of room for media rights to grow? Yeah, I, I, you know, like, I think part of it is um, the media companies, right? And it's, like we said, the, the ESPNs, the, the, the free-to-air, the cable, the, the, the on-demand, OTT, whatever, all these different um, companies out there that essentially buy content are yeah. starting to wake up to the esports yes. audience. They're starting to notice that, hey, there's a lot of people watching this stuff. Maybe I should carry it in some way, shape, or mm. form. Um, so I think that's an evolution, that's a progress that, that will slowly happen. Um, and uh, I think that's good because once they wake up to the fact that there are hundreds of millions of people watching this stuff, um, they're going to want to carry it. 
And then that means that the people who provide that content have a real opportunity now too mm. to to kind of monetize um, you know what they're what they're producing. Okay. I want to drill down on this a little bit if you don't mind. Can sure. I ask you simply who are the types of companies that's going to pay for media rights and who are capable of producing products? to uh for these companies who wants to pay to pay for mm. um i think right now you know the the hard examples that you've been seeing the market i, I mentioned espn yes um just disney disney is Disney's buying, big buying esports yeah. content Very i mean what they had that uh they had one of the majors last year at disney world and Oh yeah, in that's a, yeah that? in Paris. Right? That's right. In Paris, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, those and Disney is about the biggest media company you can think of. Yeah. So they're getting, but even you know more closer to home in terms of esports. I mean, Twitch is buying content, right? I, I yes. think what you see right now is a is a war for content. Among exactly. Yeah. Platforms: Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Um, Caffeine, I mean, and then you've got the Chinese one, Huya, Douyu, and their proxies like Nemo. I mean, they're all out there buying content. Mm. Um, they, but they aren't always doing it the way that you do in uh, established sport. Right. Right. It's not like NFL. Okay, you sign a two billion dollar contract for one year, mm. and I get it. For all my platforms. Um, the only uh, the the people that are doing things like that are the over. I think Riot's doing people. things like yeah. that because they've got a a league, franchise league, franchise league, right? That can produce. So because here's the thing, right? The content guys, what do they want? Of course, they want an audience, but they want consistency. Yeah, right. They want hours of content to fill their their platforms. So I think for them, uh, a league. For example, is pretty interesting because it's like okay, every week I can get you know seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever hours of content on a regular basis. This is good. I can fill my channels. Um, whereas if it's a one-off tournament, it's like, hey, uh, I might be able to fill it a few hours, but then what am I going to do ne- next week and the week after? And so, um, you know, these guys are not just looking for eyeballs; looking for hours of content. Yeah, and. Um, so you know they're less likely to be interested in in you know a streamer, for example. Hmm. But but that's where the new media channels like YouTube, Facebook, uh, and and Twitch, like yes. Yes. they're they're no longer like I, I don't have channels, right? I've just got a platform, yeah. and I just want you know, uh, and I don't really care what people are watching on my platform as long as they're watching the platform. Hmm. So for them, they're just like okay. Oh, you've got you know an audience of ten thousand. You've got an audience of twenty thousand. You've got an audience of thirty thousand. Great! I want all y'all, right? So they can, they create programs and they pay for content mm-hmm. different than say you know ESPN because their their content needs are different. Mm-hmm. So it, it I, I think from an esports perspective, it, it it's going to span um, uh, all of these. Both traditional and new media platforms, esports is going to um, find a space there. I think what what's happening right now is you see the space evolving. Is 
um, everyone's trying to figure out where their content should go. Yes. For esports, anyway. I think for streamers or influencers, it's very clear where they're content. That's right. Right. Twitch, Facebook, YouTube. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mixer. <laughs> Just to throw Mixer. it in the mix. That's another one in there, right? <laughs> I mean, these guys all need content. Yes, they do. And they pay a lot of money. Like Shroud Deal was very famous. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. Right. It must be in the tens of millions. Yeah. And uh, uh, Mixer is the one from Microsoft, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they paid. Um, uh, God, what is his name? Uh, uh, the most famous influencer in the world. Ninja? Ninja, right? They yes. paid him nine million bucks just to bring his audience. Oh, yeah, that's actually true. All right. That, that is to date, I think, one of the biggest deals ever. Yeah. Because they need the content. They do. They need the audience. Okay, so that's in the perspective of who's willing to pay, and they are willing to pay. Uh, there's a lot of cases we saw that happen. Now, from there, we kind of saw who are benefiting, or rather, who are capable of producing uh, content, right? Because we're talking about these companies, these media channels, platforms, buying content. So now, the people who are capable of producing content obviously are streamers like Ninja, Shroud, and they're earning a lot for it. Is there anything or anyone else in your mind? when it comes to producing content for these platforms? Um, for esports, you mean? Yes, because when you talk about Shroud, for example, he is he has been involved in esports, but now he's kind of moving away. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure we can categorize that as an esports deal anymore. It's yeah, an I wouldn't deal, right? consider that an esports deal. Yeah. I think esports deal are, again, the, the deals that, that you know, Overwatch League is making. Right, those right. are true media deals. Yes, uh, that are done. I think they just switched over to YouTube. Was it or was it? Oh, yeah, they true. switched off of Twitch, and I think they went to YouTube. If I'm not mistaken, it was a big old thing. Um, so, um, yeah, those are those are the media type of deals. Uh, I think that, and and the production for that is done by you know guys running the Overwatch League. Yeah, the guys running. But you know, you have also people out there like the ESLs of the world. That produce ESLs, content, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That uh, from pro esports perspective, they produce that. PGL is another group that's out there. That's very good. Very they produce good content mm-hmm. um, that is you know of the quality that could be sold to media companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the pro level, yeah, those you know those type of of organizations have that capability and are producing content. Okay, so let's try and transition. But I, we're not going to fully uh, turn the steering wheel yet. But try this question. Do we need more of PGL, ESL, and OWL? I don't know if you pronounce that that way. The Overwatch mm-hmm. League. Do we need more yeah. of those in esports? Um, yes, we do. Mm. We absolutely do. Um. Because, you know, every game needs to have its own kind of standard bearer. Right. <clears throat> there needs to be it. Um, there needs to be something to aspire to. There needs to be a uh, place where the best in the world can showcase their skills on a regular basis. Mm. And so that so you can have the, you know, the OMG moments. Like, wow. Right. Because right. um, that builds lore. 
that builds, mm. you know, stories, yes. that builds a fan base. And I think, you know, every game that has that, you know, we always, I mean, again, TI is probably the granddaddy of this stuff. <laughs> um, and you can see over the years how they've built it. Oh, yeah. Um, how it's grown, how it has its own, you know, energy and momentum. And it's documented, right? People right. can actually see. And and you difference. can see that it, it persists, even though Dota 2 is not the most popular game in the world. No. Not by a long shot. Um, but you know what? It is, uh, it is, it is the, you know, leader, I think, one of the leaders in esports, yeah. right? And so, and that's mainly because it, TI exists and has existed for a long time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, it, you need that. You need that pinnacle. Um, and, and that you need it, not only you need that pinnacle, but you need that pinnacle to be around for many years. Okay. So we're going to go down to the amateur level uh, step by step. Okay. Uh, we talked about PGL, ESL, and of course, uh, Overwatch League, uh, League of Legends League, LLCS, or stuff like that, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of names for the League of Legends. They got a lot of leagues running around the world. Yes. Yeah. So those are the big shots, the professionals. Would you consider MET one of the professionals? Yeah, I think so. I think in Southeast Asia, they're definitely the, you know... The company? I don't mean to piss people off. But sure. I think they're one of the... The, the most well-known and yep. uh, most experienced event organizers in mm-hmm. for esports in the region. That, okay. I, I, I think that's very safe to say. Okay. So the question I wanted to ask was, I'm not sure if you've been following MET. I haven't, to be honest. But were they coming from... I know they definitely came from a small beginnings, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Everyone did. Everyone did. Everyone starts somewhere. Yes. Yeah. So now we know for sure that if you just start, then maybe eventually you can be at that level with MET, PGL, ESL, what have mm-hmm. you. The bigger question is, yes, we want more of those, but how do you think we can catalyze that? Um, in the end, I think... You know, this is going to, this isn't, maybe this is going to be a satisfactory answer for, mm. for everyone. Because um, I don't have the exact answer. I have an idea. Okay. Uh, but my, I, I think fundamentally, it, you have to provide value, right? People, fundamentally, people pay for value. Mm-hmm. Um, and that value, you know, can be in the form of many things. Um, you know, for esports, okay. Certainly, if you produce, if you have slick production values, uh, if you, uh, then you know the value of that content becomes more. If you are, uh, um, if you have a lot of uh, more to a, a media rights company, and if you have, uh, if you do good marketing, and you get a big audience, and you have more value to uh, the content buyers, mm. right? So it's about providing who you're selling to and providing enough value. To. Okay, so. Same thing with sponsors. You have really well done physical event and nice booths that they can put their brands on them. And you've got a big audience. You're going to probably going to pay for it. Mm. Um, The question is that uh, 
what will you know for amateur esports where you don't have access to you know big stadiums you're never gonna have a see you know an amateur esport event in eighty thousand uh, uh no. stadiums not gonna be able to fill it and it's unlikely that espn's gonna come knocking on your door to buy the media rights nope. of your community tournament so you know is it worthwhile to you know try and meet the production of that ESL production values for an amateur tournament? No, because you're, you, the people who will pay don't value it. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yes. You're, you're trying to sell to the wrong people. Yes. Um, so, who, so who is it that will pay for, let's say, amateur sport? There are certain sponsors that might pay, okay. but they're not the they're you know they're not going to be uh, the uh, Adidas's of the world. Mm. They're going to be probably a very local mm-hmm. uh, uh, brand or affiliate, local affiliate of a brand. So you've got to add value to them. Okay. Um, it, if uh, I think the other thing that uh, you need to, uh, that you probably might extract value from or someone willing to pay is the local audience, the okay. players and the viewers. And I think that's the part where people haven't really spent enough time to really just dis- figure that out but what is it that you know uh people in thailand or vietnam philippines indonesia singapore when we're talking about southeast asia what will they pay for Mm. right Um, we already know that players will pay for stuff and we already know that they'll pay for things related to esports i mean look at the compendium oh yeah right (laughs) i mean more than half the prize pool of ti is paid for by the players Mm -hmm. by the viewers the majority of it dude it's not yeah. even more than half i think it's more about 80 yeah. percent. you're right you're here i think you're right i stand yeah. corrected so i think that's the place i think esports at the amateur level needs to be looking mm. at or one of the places there are other places too um but yeah what it's all it comes down to that what what is it that, that people will desire and will pay for and how can you give it to them in a way that they can Mm-hmm. Uh, easily consume it and and pay. For it. Um, that I think that's the key. Okay. Now, uh, we talked about the professional scene and the revenue sources that are accessible to them. Um, and unfortunately, well, first I gotta say that I think we both agree that we care about the amateur level. Right. Um, unfortunately, the revenue streams accessible to those in the in the world stage on the world stage aren't really that accessible to us. Us meaning, you know, the amateur level uh, esports. So let's switch gears and talk about what are available to us here. Uh, we talked about sponsorships, and that's you know local sponsors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about players and viewers that are also local. Yeah. What else, Alan? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think, you know, the ideas of ticket sales and merchandising are also possible. Mm. Okay. Uh, but again, I just take it back to value. You just got to provide value in whatever you do okay. and the right value. You know, understanding what what it is that people are uh, want 
and give it to them. Mm. Um, some people, in a lot of cases, they just want recognition. I mean, again, you, I, I look at you look at what streamers do on Twitch, and they, you know, they get donations. Yes. Um, in some cases, they get a lot. I don't know that it's necessarily their biggest revenue stream, mm. but they do get donations. They do. And it's more. Uh, what's more interesting is what do the donor donors get in return? Um, maybe they'll get an emoji or something. Yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> Part of it and, and they but really what they get out is a shout out yes oh thank you alan for your donation yes oh yes you know i am you know my hair is naturally green or, or whatever right so it, it's you know and they'll read your comment right on that's it that's all you got for your but it was worth it for these people so mm. they valued it so i i think you know, I don't know that that's necessarily possible in esports. Maybe yeah. it is. Um, um, I don't know anyone who's tried it. Maybe uh, I, I think I want to try it. For okay. Example. But, um, you know, th- these are the type of things that we need unlocked in esports. Mm. And I also think that it's, it's probably not that... Um, it's not ha- that hard either. Because... You know, you again, you, you don't need to look that far, for example, of how amateur sports is funded. You need to look no further than, you know, our cousins across the aisle in, in traditional sports, established sports. How do they fund their amateurs? Well, you know, people pay fees. People pay fees for leagues. Um, people pay fees for training, for coaches, for yeah. managers, for yeah. lessons. Okay. They pay fees for equipment. Right. Uh, and that's how they do it and that's how it sustains right yeah the nfl does not i can tell you right now like the nfl and nba and epl they don't pay for amateur esports right they they, they don't subsidize for the most part amateur esports at mm. the community level right that stuff is is self-sustaining and it's self-sustaining from the people who participate so I think, you know, that sounds really hard and very foreign for eSports. Yeah. All right. I don't deny that. But I do believe that at some point that just needs to happen. Mm. I I don't, I don't, I can't see how it doesn't evolve in some way, shape, or form into that form if it's really going to survive long term. See, something about that pisses me off a little bit. Meaning... We know that the amateur scene is crucial. It's it's needed for the top leagues, the the the, the biggest, the bigger events to survive in the long term, right? But why are they not caring about? I wouldn't say they don't care, but they're not showing they care about Ooh. the amateur scene. Um, the developers, the 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 bigger organizers. I mean, they see. This is weird. They came from the from humble beginnings, so they at one point must have cared about the amateur scene. But eventually, they grow up, and now most of them care about the big leagues. And well, there's no, there isn't necessarily a path that's being built for the future amateur generations. Um. I, I share your frustration. Um, I would uh, I would say that 
it's I, I wouldn't say that they don't care. Like I know many of these people. Yeah, I know exactly. I know I have friends at all of these event organizers mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. They actually care passionately about grassroots, um, but they're also face the reality that they they have to pay the bill. Of course. So, um, like I said, for the developers, it's not that they don't care. It's just that that's not their business. Yep. Right. Um, it's not Blizzard's business to run amateur leagues across the world. That's just no. They're they they're they're a game developer, and you know for the largest esport organizers, what do they do? I mean, they put on they put on ginormous stadium level events. That's just what they do, and when, and they do that because they pay for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. It if you yeah, it's hard to fault them for going where the money is. Of course. Uh, and right now, there's just there isn't you can uh, I, there is isn't a lot of money in community and amateur esports right now. Mm. Um, but you flip that around, that doesn't mean that there isn't. It's just that no one's figured it out. And so right. it is a it is a opportunity, and it is a necessary critical part of the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I like to believe someone will figure this out. Someone's going to figure this out, um, and uh, it's going to be not only to the betterment of everybody, but um, I think they'll also make a sizable amount of money as well. Mm. Um, and then they're, yeah. All right. Damn it. It's hard to answer then, right? The question of what are the revenue sources for the amateurs or those outside the professional scene? You know, I, I again, I, anyone, no one has it. I don't think no. figured it. Otherwise, it would have been done already. Okay. Um, what I would say is that it is up to each one of us. As I mean, we're all. I assume anyone who's listening to this, and you and I, who are part of this, um, we're part of the ecosystem. We consume that mm-hmm. that content, and we, um, we 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 should be more than happy to pay for things that we think are worthy to pay for. And that's where it starts. Okay. Right. Um, I think you know that if, if everyone did that, there probably we probably would see wouldn't wouldn't be having this conversation the way we're having. <laughs> well, one day we're gonna stop talking about this. Uh, yeah, and we'll be talking about hey, God, this new this new player from X Y Z. Yes. Been, he's only fifteen, and I've been watching him on. On this thing, and mm-hmm. you know they're awesome. I, I think they're going to get picked up. Well, really, who do you think? Right. That's the conversation I'd love to be having. Yes, right. Like all these, all these uh, uh, other sports talk shows that I hear all the time. That's what they talk about. Oh, mm-hmm. who is this team going to draft? Oh, well, there's this right, young right, right. player from Ecuador mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's you know, you know, can run rings around this everybody. Yeah. Okay. Are they gonna pick him up? What kind of contract did they assign him to? Mm-hmm. That's what I'd love to be talking. About. Yeah, and that in itself is a very interesting topic that we probably have to push to another episode. God damn, we have a lot of topics to talk about, Alan. We do, and you know, I don't even think <laughs> we, we fully, fully got through all the revenue no. stuff. Um, but you know, again, kind of throwing it back to, to the listeners, it's like, what would you pay for? What would you pay for? Mm-hmm. Right, tell us. You know, maybe we're, we'll we'll be in a position. 
Sorry, you cut off. We'll be in a position oh, to what? To to deliver it. Mm, yes. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Okay. Uh, I don't believe we have covered everything about revenue, so we'll see if there's a uh, there's a moment we can jump back into this uh, in the next episode. So for today, I think we should really wrap it up here. Can I ask you a question, Alan? Uh, yeah, certainly. So you talked about what people are willing to pay for. I don't believe I've asked you this. What are you willing to pay for? In terms of amateur esports, you know, I would pay for um, sponsorship. Meaning, I would, you know, if someone said, uh, "We have a," it, it, again, it's it's no different than what say um, what we would I used to we used to do when we were growing up in the states. Okay, uh, you'd have, you know, baseball, little league baseball. Yeah, right. we talked about this, <laughs> and and you know, parents would donate money. Yeah. Right, first you would, first first you would you would pay register fees for your kid to play. Right, right, okay. right. Um, then you know, uh, you would even if you didn't have kids playing, right? There would mm-hmm. be fundraising events. Yes. Right. I mean, this is sounds stupid, but yeah, you do you do, mm-hmm. you do bake sales, right? Raise money for the league and. You know, I'd go by and I'd, okay, sure, wash my car, here's five bucks. <laughs> and and that money went to the league, you know, paid for umpires or whatever it was, bats and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very grassroots stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it literally, it adds up. It adds up. So, and it becomes, I think, you know, the other way to think about um, grassroots esports is it's grassroots, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. It's community. Mm-hmm. And um, in the in in uh, it just so happens for physical sports that community is like your town, right? right? Yeah, uh, you know it's like I go to my neighbor and you know I'll wash your car, you give me five bucks, and that five bucks will go to league. And okay, it's cool. I'm supporting Johnny and supporting Jennifer, and it's all great. Mm-hmm. But the community in esports is a little different. It, I mean, I think in a sense it is still like local, right? It can be people in your community, but it can also be people online. So it's a broader community. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have an even bigger audience to potentially, you know, uh, of people who will support you. It's just the willingness to support. And that's why I, I, I you know, a second ago I said, look, um, uh, support what's worthy of support. If you see something online that's cool, like support it. And it doesn't have to be a lot of money, a couple of bucks. Yeah. Like if I see a stream, I, I have never donated to a streamer. Okay. okay. Um, because that's not my thing. I don't watch influencers. Okay. Um, I do watch esports though. Mm. Um, most of them don't have a way for me to donate. Right. <laughs> I can't even, you know, I, I cannot, right? What do I do? Like, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, that is I, interesting. You, you get what I'm saying? Yes. So, so, um, I would do the equivalent of what I did for, for you know, physical sports in the US, given the opportunity. I would, um, but I, I don't see many mechanisms. Mm. So the so our job is you know not just us but people who are listening to this, our job is to build that access, for people who are actually willing to spend their money, 
to actually easily spend their money. Yeah, and and more importantly for for the entire community, you go like I I like this, I enjoy this, um, I find this entertaining. I should be okay with paying for something, mm. right? Like we we get um, the last point I'll make is I, I think esports done itself a disservice by by giving everything away for free. Yeah, I think that's the original. If there's, you know, if there's an original sin, so to speak, of esports that <laughs> started out as um, subsidized and therefore free for everything was free. Yeah. Um, and that's because the people who are making $120 billion a year decided that, yeah, whatever, uh, I'll just fund all this stuff and it'll be free to everyone. It's cool, right? They're playing my game anyway. But then it just got people conditioned to like, all right, everything, I guess, in esports is free. But no, it's not. No. Right. Someday the developer won't fund everything. Then your esports disappears. Yeah, that is scary. So we should try to stop that from happening. <laughs> okay, we will try. I mean, we are all trying, right? Even people yes, listening to we this, are. we are uh, definitely trying, and we would love to hear ideas, uh, thoughts, anything really, uh, even ramblings. I would love to hear from you if you are listening to this. So do reach out to us, Andy and Alan. Uh, I'll put our links in the description so you can easily access. See, I'm, I'm giving you f easy access. And soon we're going to have an easy access for you to hopefully support esports in any way that you can. Yes. Thank you, everybody. All right. Thank you, Alan. Uh, Thank you. Have a really good weekend soon. Hey, you too. Yes. All right. So I'm going to wrap it up here and we will see you guys again next week for the next episode of How Do You Spell Esports? Thank you. Nice. And bye, everybody. See you soon. Bye.